Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hello and welcome to AfterBuzz TV, home of the official after show for the Netflix original series, Sweet Magnolias. Now, I'm sure you guys have got the hang of this already, but if you haven't, go back and watch the after show for episode one through eight. We're talking episode nine. We always have cast and crew that are here giving such valuable insight, maybe things that might have ended up on the cutting room floor and all kinds of exclusive content that you can't get anywhere else. So as said, this is season one. We're talking episode nine, Where You Find Me. And I'm your host, Jamie Alexander, and I'm joined by an amazing panel. Uh, we got Tammy, Kelsey, and Bryant in here today. And as promised, we have special guests because this is the serenity way. We invite people in, right? Okay. So <laughs> writer on films such as Kill Thy Neighbor and Hashtag Squad Goals. We have Karen Champion in the building and on films and uh, well, on films such as Zola and Waves, you guys might know her as Cece, but her real name is Harlan Drum and she's here with us today. (laughs) Happy to be here. Good. We're so happy to have you guys. So we just have a few topics to talk today. This was such a great episode and it really kind of wrapped things up in a certain way for us. So first we'll talk, where's Kyle? He's gone missing. We have this mock trial, Bill's involvement with everything. And then Dana is living. So we're going to have to talk about that. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) (laughs) So this is so great. Now we have questions and discussions with you guys, but Karen, I'd love to start with you. As far as the writer's room, what was your involvement and your flavor and hand in the colors of these characters, especially for this episode? Well, Farmer Jeremy, um, I just had to put a farmer pot farmer. Mm-hmm. Oh, we loved it. <laughs> we appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, everything in the room is such a group effort. And this is my first staffing job. So I really, I leaned on the room a lot in terms of that. Um, uh, and everybody brought a certain something. That character in particular, though, I have a girlfriend who is a farmer and does a lot of this stuff I don't even begin to understand about soil integrity. And I'm just fascinated by it. So as we got more into that story, I thought, okay, if this hot guy is also saving the world and is that smart, then even hotter. Even (laughs) hotter, that's right. That was so great. Well, thank you for for bringing him to the table for all of us to enjoy, visually, (laughs) of course. (laughs) And this was also a really big episode for Cece. We've been Cece seeing Cece go through a lot of different things. And I really appreciated this episode here. We got to really see her colors. So, um, you know, Harlan, how do you feel about the development of your character and how she shows up in especially episode nine? 
Well, I love it. I think it was really important for me to pe for people to realize as they watch the show the the backstory of Cece. You know, I like like everybody, and I, I think that the show does a really good job at, at highlighting it. Everyone has their own things going on, and sometimes people like Cece is a perfect example of someone that doesn't really react well to situations and <laughs> kind of she she blurs the lines between you know she she wants this this powerful position and she wants to have power over everyone but then she realizes that you don't need to do that by ridiculing people and making fun of them or, or embarrassing them in any way so I think that I was really happy that people were kind of seeing you know CZ isn't just this stereotypical mean girl that she comes off as she she has some some insecurities that she's she's dealing with too so it was it was it was important for me to for people to see that that she has something else going on absolutely very well said and that was definitely translated you know in all of this so you know we kind of start this episode where poor little Kyle is just not feeling it you know he's had a rough he's had a rough night it's like he had an opportunity to shine and then he got an opportunity to be shut down and yeah. he's feeling some kind of way. Mm -hmm. So how did you, um, I'll toss it to you, Tammy. How did you feel about, you know, just kind of that opening and what Kyle is going through, you know, in his little teenage life? <laughs> it actually, his reaction surprised me because Kyle's mm -hmm. always stepped up and always been the big guy and always been like Mr. Wise and, you know, just the one who's had it, who has his head on straight. Um, that started to unravel a little bit in episode eight. And then in episode nine, it's just like, oh my God, here's a side of Kyle that he's never shown anybody before. And certainly from an audience's perspective, it's like, oh my gosh, I think Maddie's not the only one that missed it. Like, I think as an audience member, I'm like, I totally missed the depth of mm -hmm. what he was feeling for Annie. So when that horrific moment of the attempted kiss happened, just the rejection and, and and how devastated that made him. And then, you know, coming off of Noreen leaving town and now he doesn't have someone to talk to, you know, she's left. And um, so I was worried because I didn't, this wasn't what I expected at all. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, you weren't the only one worried. He had the whole town worried when he decided <laughs> yeah. to <do> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes yeah, so I'll well Brian I'll toss it to you real quick what did you think about um you know his choice to kind of disappear and have that moment to himself regardless of all the duties that he had to kind of fulfill for that day you know you have to just give it to him of course anyone would think like oh my gosh you know he totally flipped the whole town upside down he made everybody he kind of threw everybody for a loop and made it hard for everybody in his life but like you know you said Tammy he's kind of been holding it together and being such the perfect person this whole time that I mean unfortunately the one time where he does kind of crack it was in really really bad circumstances it kind of was a, not really the right timing for that all to fall down but when is it ever the right timing to have you know that moment that mm -hmm. moment to kind of break down you know so I obviously anyone would say like oh my gosh you could have you could have held it together and you could have went to the mock trial and you could have done this but he was still reeling from what happened with with um Annie and so it was just a, such a hard time for him so I totally fell for him I was so sad for him and I mean the easiest thing he probably could have done was talk to his mom about it. But I feel like he, of course, was trying to put up that front still that he was okay and that it was going to be okay. So I think that that's why he kind of just went in that whole zone of just like running. Because when he saw Annie, he was like, oh, no, got to go. And he literally mm -hmm. ran the other way. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so let me ask you, Karen, was that what was the discussion in the writer's room with all this? Was it 
really, you know, intentional to kind of make Kyle disappearing very pronounced so we could see Serenity get together or so we could see what was it that you guys wanted us to feel in that? Well, I mean, there were a few things and the, obviously the, the Annie kiss or lack thereof um, was a big, was a big push for him to um, finally break. He has been holding it together for so long. And I think that between the, the, um, the play and just doing so great and his relationship with Noreen, he finally felt seen. And then all of a sudden both, that was just all ripped away from him at one point. And I think he's just feeling, and I mean, he even says it in the church, you know, he's feeling invisible. Um, so, and that he just didn't think anybody would even care if he was gone. And I think that, that to a certain extent in a very teen way, doing it on the day of the mock trial was the acting out uh, mm. his way to get attention without having to ask for it because he's been, he's been not asking for it. And I think he's been afraid to ask for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it all wraps up, I hope the message is that exactly what Brian said, you, you need to talk to your mom. You need to talk to your parents or an adult or somebody so that they can be there for you. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. That's, no, go for it. I was just going to say, it's like, it's hard to um, remember that he's also a teenager still. Like Tammy said, it's like he has kept it together this entire time, but he's still what? 13, 14? I mean, he's, yeah, he's still a young teen and. And the middle child. Those days, and the middle mm. child. Exactly. We just talked about that with Logan um, a little bit ago. It's like being the middle child is not easy. And. I feel like you often do feel unseen and I mean, I totally agree with you, Karen. It's like, that was his way of being like, hi, I'm going to do this on the day. That's really important because you guys will all, you all have to see it. You all have Mm -hmm. to know this. I didn't even make that connection. Me too. And so now. But that's so profound. That was good. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love it. And, you know, I kind of, as you guys are all talking and sharing what you see about Kyle, I definitely see some through line in Cece's character. There's these moments that she has when she needs to be seen in a certain way because she doesn't feel seen in a certain way. Yes, she's the beautiful girl. She's tall. She dresses. She has her friends. It's all this. But there's still something missing that the adults around aren't really picking up until, you know, Helen kind of steps in and makes that connection. So, you know, before we hear from you, Harlan, um, Tammy, what did you think about maybe also what Cece was missing from the adults around her and getting what she needs to be seen? So while there's a very clear opinion about Cece's character <laughs> by people, um, we mean uh, Bryant. <laughs> I have to say that like I totally, it totally resonated with me because I'm thinking back in high school about having teachers believe in me when mm-hmm. I didn't believe in myself, you know, mm-hmm. and taking me aside and saying, look, here's, you're going to get this grade. I'm going to pass you. I'm only going to pass you because I believe in, in, in your, you know, your potential kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I totally like the relationship between Helen and Cece to me is just golden. It's golden. Um, so I, I have a little bit more 
of compassion and empathy for because <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Harlan, we definitely want to hear from you, but Brian, go on and get it out. Let's tell her how okay. you feel. <laughs> I have to just say two things. I think the reason I just have a problem with Cece is because I'm so there for Annie. Like, I just love Annie yeah. so much because I see so much of myself in, in her. And I think my issue with Cece is that she's constantly taking from Annie. So first she took her man and I was already like, uh-uh, girl, don't take her man. Like, that, <laughs> that's her man. Um, and you know what I what I feel with Annie, with, with Tyus in particular, is that all the things that are happening in her life, you know, like with her dad leaving and her issue with her mom, I remember like in high school or back in those days, it's like, if the guy you like likes you back, that could just be the one good thing for you in all mm -hmm. the, the turmoil, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm like so passionate about her. I'm like, come on, girl, get your mad because I know how it feels. So yeah. I love that so much for her. And then it's also with Helen as well. We saw from this episode with Annie is Cece, of, of course, getting that attention from Helen and Annie also struggling with that because Annie's like, first, you're going to take my man. Now you're going to take my godmother. Like, what else are you going to take from me, girl? <laughs> so yeah. it's 100%. Like I said, I, I see that Cece has a background and she has so much. I'm just so right there for Annie that I'm like, man, why do you keep taking from my girl? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's yeah. funny this episode because I feel like it was highlighted well. Like Cece's also, or Annie makes Cece insecure as well. You oh, know, right. it's oh, like, yeah. it's it's playing both sides. Yeah. And that's what I liked what you, um, you did well, Harlan, this episode. You acted that so well. It's like, you get to see that that's highlighted and you're like, mm -hmm. oh, 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 okay. Mm -hmm. So I loved that. Yeah. yeah, Harlan, share with us, how much fun did you have with Cece? And let's talk about some of these colors and dimensions in her character. I, like I said, I, I, I love playing Cece. And I think the more that I, I got to play her, the more I liked her. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think that everything everyone said was, was completely true. I think that her relationship with Helen is so important because she feels like, she, she comes from a family with, and it doesn't really highlight this on the show, but she comes from a family with, with siblings that she's always feels like she needs to take care of. Her mm -hmm. parents don't really see the, the strength in her. They kind of just see her as, you know, she's just a high school girl, not much to offer here and there, you know, like that's kind of just how her parents see her. So when Helen sees potential in her, that's much greater than, you know, you're not just another, you know, like she sees that she, is strong and she's powerful and she's good at something. And really for, for a lot of teenagers like me, when someone says you're good at something, it's like, oh my gosh, like this is amazing. Just because, you know, I, like any teenager, everyone's insecure. And I think mm -hmm. that's incredibly insecure. And she doesn't feel like she fits into Serenity. She kind of feels like she's on the outskirts. And it, I think that's also her relationship with Ty. She feels like Ty is, is in the community. And, and it's it for her, it yeah. feels like she belongs to something. Same thing with mock trial. She believes that she be she belongs to this thing that she thinks is greater than her. And that's why I like the relationship with Helen because she really brought that out of Cece. Mm -hmm. Gosh, so well said and such great points. And it's very true. I love the way you highlighted the fact that when an adult and especially an adult of a stature like Helen sees right. something in you that you're not getting at home, you're not really getting, it really does bring something to you that makes you stick your chest out a little bit and say, okay, Maybe I do have something to offer. So right. that's absolutely that get to her head a little bit. And then I think we see that with, with, with Annie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot, I mean. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, a little, there's, a lot. there's also the fact that when her father comes in and she spots her dad up there, yeah. like, mm -hmm. that, but that he so really just went for it with Annie. And I, I, you played that 
so amazingly. I was just, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. That was really good. And you know what? That was one of those things that was really small, but really big. And so in the writer's room, Karen, what was it that you guys, um, you know, what was kind of like the purpose and intent in just actually putting that in for that moment? Did you want it? What effect did you want it to have on everyone? I mean, we, we basically wanted to decimate Annie to a degree. <laughs> no! That is so, such a good word. <laughs> it, like, finish her. We all love her, but, um, you know, it just, it was so important to see her threatened so that I think that when you bring a character down that far and then redeem it with the ice cream scene, you know, it's mm-hmm. just that much, the bond between she and Helen is that much stronger. The reminder, yeah. I'm still here. Um, Mm -hmm. and what I loved about that was the face-off was really just, uh, it almost strengthened Annie a little bit too, because Mm -hmm. then when they end up at the bus and that moment that Annie takes her jacket off and then Lucy takes that and kisses her eye, it's so beautiful because they're not being mean to one another, but it's Mm -hmm. all just right. I mean, it's there. statement. Mm-hmm. It was a standoff. <laughs> I yep. like too that I at first, maybe I'm the only one, but for a second when Cece's dad walked in, I was nervous that Cece was going to like lose it. Me too. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, oh girl, no, keep it together. Still do well. And then she brings it home even harder. So I thought that was a really interesting way that you guys did that and how that played out. And I loved that. Well, and that goes back to the whole being seen thing because this is now mm-hmm. Cece who hasn't been really emboldened by her parents, mostly because they're working so hard, they're not around. They need her Mm -hmm. help with the kids. They don't see the opportunity because they didn't have it Mm -hmm. in pushing Cece to be more than what they have been. Um, So when he comes in and she feels seen by him, I think that's another thing that just made her Mm -hmm. put the knife in a little bit further. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was really good. It was so powerful too. And Cece's character actually really is amazing at what she does. So I love seeing the fact that she's unfolding in something different. I don't remember if it was the last episode or this one, but as soon as she felt like she had the green light from her father, she was in class like intently listening and just ready for it. And that was so Mm -hmm. beautiful to watch. Very well played, Harlan. That was poignant, you you know? Really beautiful. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. So there was... um, a moment so now that we're kind of talking about giving people <laughs> at least a little bit of grace and making giving more humanity to them we see a little bit of that in bill finally this is probably the mm. sweetest <laughs> kind of sprinkle we can get around bill and everything that he is going on with his little selfish self um <laughs> so i get let's see so we, we see Bill very interactive and driving all over the town. Of course, it's, his, it's still his son. He loves his child. But um, I'll ask Tammy, what did you think about that part of things softening Maddie's heart and also Cal feeling just a little bit intimidated by Bill's mm-hmm. presence in this? Mm-hmm. Um, so first of all, I thought, how's Bill going to mess up this situation? I really I seriously didn't think I didn't I didn't think he was gonna step up I thought he was gonna do something dumb or he's gonna say something dumb and yet again Maddie was gonna have to you know go to her tribe to to support her through Kyle being missing so that was shocking so writers (laughs) you surprised me there um I was surprised see that's what I love about this show is because it just surprises me 
when Cal was at the, the courthouse and he called Maddie um, and Bill was standing behind her and, you know, no, we, you know, we haven't found Kyle yet, um, but Bill's here. And then you saw Cal's reaction. Like mm-hmm. that surprised me because he'd it been like totally too. cool with Bill. But then I thought, well, in the last episode, they took the relationship to the next step. Ooh. So now he's, mm. he's more vulnerable oh. now. Ooh, right? True. True. He's a little more sensitive. <laughs> true. Yeah. So, so that I appreciated. That was a really cool moment. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the fact that, that Bill stepped up, I just don't. <laughs> Here's my fear. I don't want Maddie to start thinking, well, wow, maybe I didn't give him enough chances in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Well, she, I don't she think she kind of yeah. wanted you to start thinking. So, <laughs> no, I don't know. no, Maddie. And we don't know. Oh, oh my <laughs> God. We don't know. Karen, oh what do you mean we don't know? Karen, okay, okay. <laughs> we, have we have Calvin? Seen, yeah, right. We have not seen the next episode yet, but I love that you said that, Kelsey. Can we have Cal? Because you yeah. guys did, so, I mean, you guys really nailed it on making these men honorable and amazing. And some, you know, Cal is the man we all want in our lives. I've not, he can do no wrong. I've not seen anything crazy from him yet. Um, mm. And I'm with you, Tammy. I was kind of shocked to see him taken aback by the whole bill thing, but you brought up such a great point. They, they mm-hmm. crossed some barriers last episode. So maybe, you know, there's some insecurity there. It's like everybody has a small through line of insecurity. And I see mm-hmm. the tie where Bill got a little nervous about, I mean, I'm sorry, Cal got nervous about Bill and Cece got nervous about Annie. But it's also like with both characters, you have to remember those people were there first. So it's like, mm-hmm. Annie's not going anywhere. She's a childhood friend. Bill's mm-hmm. not going anywhere. He's the father of the children. So, right. you know, Karen, when it came to writing, was it, was it challenging to kind of navigate these relationships and really making sure we got this point from what you guys were trying to share with us? Um, I, I mean, I'm really glad the point came through because I, I was afraid that, I mean, I'm insecure with my own writing. So I was afraid that maybe I, it was a little... Subtle, um, uh, but no, I mean, that's, that's exactly what it was. And I think that also it's the history. You have history with these people. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you can't welcome new people into your life. Um, and maybe we can talk about that with the whole Ryan and everybody <laughs> loving that. <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah, these, these people have grown up together. They've spent so much time and have all this history and nostalgia. And it's, sometimes hard to move on from that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm glad it, I'm glad it played that. Yeah. Cal's a little, I'm still the new guy and uh, mm-hmm. you're very recently divorced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of shows that he's human. I mean, at first I was like, Oh, come on, Cal, you have to remember that they have 20 years of history and children and this and that, but then it's like, he's human and we all get a little bit jealous, even if it's, not a good thing you know and mm. you're like oh so like mm-hmm. it just showed him being like slightly vulnerable and so I loved that and then when Bill put his hand on Maddie's shoulder I was like get that hand <laughs> boy like literally <laughs> I know I know she let him and she exactly. let him she like she, she actually did, yeah. did this mm-hmm. yeah and I thought what is happening <laughs> I know 
Wow, a lot of layers here. So, I mean, Harlan, you I, even though you weren't in every scene, I know you had a chance to have you had, you've had a chance to watch the show up until episode nine, yeah? Yeah, I did. So, what do you think about everything that's going on thus far with, especially the Townsend family? Like, how do you feel about how Maddie's moving on, Cal's involvement, and just the way Bill shows up as a whole? Well, I mean. This show is, it's, it's, it's a lot. Because <laughs> I think it, you feel so connected with the characters. I mean, in particular, mm -hmm. I, I feel like Maddie, I, I, I feel everything she's going through. It's, it's kind of like weird. And I feel like a lot of people feel that when they watch the show. And, and you know, I've obviously, I've never been through a divorce, but I can't even imagine how troubling that is. And then having, you know, Bill still in town with, with, with uh, Noreen. I mean, I can't even imagine what she's going through. And I think that it's really also, uh, you know, I don't want to speak for Carson Rowland who plays Ty, but it's, it's really affecting him and also Kyle, Logan Allen. Mm -hmm. uh, they do a really great job of, of, of really showing that how much, you know, the relationship with their parents is affecting them. And, you know, even when um, Logan, not Logan, sorry, he's the active, is it Kyle <laughs> and, uh, and Noreen have, you know, I didn't think I would like their relationship as much as I did because, mm -hmm. you know, I love it. Yeah. Like CC Noreen's a little bit like, you don't really know, like if you like it, it's just, it's a whole thing. But I, I mm -hmm. think that their relationship was really special because it showed that Kyle was, was kind of looked to her as, as something that he didn't already have in his life. I mean, she, mm -hmm. she feels like an outsider too. I mean, she, she, she has a lot of people in town saying things about her, like in Serenity, that's just a common theme. So I feel like they really confided in each other. And that's what I, I really liked about the show. And, and I, I think that they, um, everyone did a really incredible job, really. It was, mm -hmm. it was really good. I love that. It's so nice to have the insight from you as a character, but you as a person watching too, because you were yeah. also there. So it's like, how did different that feel? Too. Yeah, like mm -hmm. I, filming it, you have such a different perspective on it when it's actually out. And, you know, mm -hmm. even hearing like different opinions on the characters, the situation, like it makes me think like, oh, that was something that like all of you have pointed out something so far that I've missed. And like, I think that's really cool how, <laughs> you know, you can talk to people and, and they, everyone has a different perspective on the characters. And I, I think it's, it's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yes, I absolutely love that. Very well said. Um, just to pivot just a little bit, I'm really excited about Dana Sue. Mm -hmm. I know. Okay. <laughs> Being able to see her, like, first of all, Brooke Elliott is such a lovely woman. I mean, my God, I just, she's so captivating in her smile and her look. She's just a, a incredible. So that aside, we're used to kind of seeing, seeing Dana Sue. Yes, a good friend. Yes, a good chef showing up for Sullivan's, but also in this kind of like angsty energy as well, whether it be mm -hmm. with Annie or... So to see her have fun really literally made me happy on the inside. So yeah. I'll, I'll throw it to you, Brian. What did you feel about finally seeing Dana live? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I needed that from her. I was so happy for her. And I, we haven't watched episode 10 yet, but I we, you know, of course, we keep hearing about her ex-husband. I'm scared that he's going to come back and shake things up. But, I you know. know, that's another story. But I loved how we in, we introduced this guy first. You know, like you said, she's been going through so much with everything happening in her life. And to have this guy that was just allowing her to just be free, you know, be free from the shackles of having to be at Sullivan's 24 hours a day or be a mother 24 hours a day to just live and be in that moment with him was so amazing to see. And it was so brand new for her. 
like to have this person that she doesn't know was so unexpected to just be there for her and like show a different side of her I loved it um I mentioned this before about how we see the characters from different perspectives because this whole time I'm like come on Dana Sue stop being so hard on your daughter you know (laughs) but my mom sees Dana Sue as just being a mom you know so it's interesting Mm -hmm. to see how she really just let go and lived um and she was just happy in that moment I I feel like it was so therapeutic for her too like that's what I loved about this the scene and she had opened up to Eric about her dad and then it was the whole through line with the car and her building that car with her dad and then mm-hmm. I was like oh my gosh Dana Sue yes we're mm-hmm. like finally getting it was almost like a little bit of closure without being like full closure on things I don't know I was like you go girl see mm-hmm. all men aren't horrible <laughs> yeah, right. so, on, Dana Sue. a lot of them are but <laughs> right what, what did you have on that Tammy Karen so it's a question that'll lead to Karen but that scene between Ryan and Dana Sue and Jeremy and they're talking about the co-op and how the co-op can help Sullivan's that sort of thing it was a very sexy scene like the dynamics between Jeremy and Dana Sue I mean, it. the sparks like, were just flying <laughs> between the two mm-hmm. of them. And yeah. you incorporated, you used, like, it was a very tactile, like the tomatoes, her tasting the tomatoes, mm-hmm. you know, seeing, know. The, wow. seeing the peak of the car from underneath the hood and her taking the hood off and that whole big reveal. Mm-hmm. I was like, I Sign me up. love the way, <laughs> I love the way you wove that scene together. Yeah, Karen, let's talk about this journey. Yes, please. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I think I can say this. Um, I, I'm sort of the I want everybody to kiss writer in the room. <laughs> so it's you. Um, but the energy between the two of them and the chemistry between the two of them. Um, right up the bat. I don't think I was the one. I think that Cheryl might have been the one to do the quintessential line um, on her edit, which was the, you can taste anything on this table. Yeah. Um, yes, I think she's the one who fixed that, which I was like, oh, okay, no. Um, so I forgot the question. <laughs> no, we were just, we were talking. I just yeah, got I mean, all Jeremy, Jeremy again. And- yeah, Jeremy will do that too. Yeah, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, we just really love the way, like you said, Tammy, you wove everything together and, yeah, just kind of like the development of Jeremy and, you know, basically, why did you guys feel the need for him? Because I felt like he was needed. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. She's been going through so much. And then a lot of people in this episode were going through a lot. So it, I mm-hmm. think that it was feeling a little heavy with everything we wanted to do with the other characters. And honestly, I just want, you know, we just needed Dana Sue to... To, to like you said, just live and mm-hmm. and be able to be free. And, and we loved it. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was Dana so too. Good. And it was and, so yeah. fair. Yes, go ahead, Tammy. No, I was just going to say, you know, thinking back of the relationship, so if you got Cal and Maddie, you know, their introduction, like you could see the chemistry between them, but that's always been a very slow, boiling, beautiful unfolding mm-hmm. of something. Um, and then with Ryan and Helen, you've got all the history, you know, the first love. And so that dynamic was completely different. So with Jeremy and Dana Sue, like to me, cause I love romance novels. That was like a quintessential romance novel 
scene mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. the chemistry was instantaneous and you're just going oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and the other i don't know if it if it ended up in the cut um i just watched it but for some reason it was originally written that when she's go first off it was a motorcycle but production reasons it turned into the skylark which oh ended up being so much better um but she's going through a box and a picture of she and ronnie falls out yeah of it. it's in there mm -hmm. oh okay mm -hmm. So I think that's another, you know, it's the, uh, I'm moving on. This is my past and I'm putting the box yep. away again mm -hmm. and I'm moving on. Um, mm -hmm. so. She gets her scarf out. And yes. sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> and that was good because we've been watching Dana Sue struggle so much with kind of the PTSD and the need for healing mm -hmm. when it comes to men. Even when firing Chef Brad, everything has really shooken her up. So I really admire you guys and think it was perfect because you needed a journey. It wasn't going to be just some guy. It had to be somebody who was like mm -hmm. there and just mm -hmm. they vibed on a certain level, like with the Skylark and the food. She's not been able to talk to tomatoes with anybody like that. And that's <laughs> yeah. tomatoes, yeah. but it was like, whoo. Like, I want to learn about farming. So I know you mentioned that your friend really, you know, helped you out with that. So how did you incorporate your friend with that? How does that work with the writer's room? Do you just take notes and get information or did you kind of let them in to fill in the blanks? I think I just mentioned, hey, my friend does all this crazy soil integrity stuff. And then we just started talking about what that would look like. And, and it, was, it was mostly about what is this co-op? What, what is it? And everybody sort of came in with another idea. I, um, yeah and just researched and just found something or somebody was in Africa doing something with soil. And then we just stuck that corporation idea into serenity in the way that it fit. It was a long time ago, so I'm forgetting who did what. <laughs> I just do remember there was a lot of research going on about yeah. micro agriculture world. <laughs> yeah. Microbial something. <laughs> well, a lot of you guys, because we've had the pleasure of speaking to a lot of cast and crew, a lot of you guys talk about research. So um, I love that everybody's doing their homework because us as watchers are really feeling and experiencing something full because of it. Like it doesn't feel like there's any holes in it. It's totally believable, but that this is the town, these are the people, and this is how things go. Now, when we talk about heated scenes, I know we, we talked about the court scene, but Harlan, I wanted to ask you, where were you pulling from in that that scene where you were making Annie sweat? What was your preparation for that moment to really hold your own in such a mature way, but really show up as a defense attorney and at the same time just kind of knock this little baby girl right off her square? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it was really important for uh, to see that the side of Cece, that the mock trial side and like the she's a good public speaker. And, and I think that she she used her advantage of being good at, at mock trial to kind of intimidate Annie. And, and the way that we did it, we did a couple takes, you know, a little bit more intimidating and a little bit more, you know, meaner. And then we did some that were a little bit calmer. I think that for me going into it, my whole thing was as, as Cece, I want to, the pain that I felt from you know, I, I dressed up for Ty. I don't know if you guys saw that scene, but mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. star pay was quite a bit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> girl, I wanted to talk about that. Yes. <laughs> um, I, for me, I thought, you know, 
I felt pain and embarrassment in that moment. And for in Cece's brain, she kind of blames everything on other people. I think that's part of her problem, whether it's Annie or Ty, you know, whatever. And I think that my whole mindset was this girl got in, got in the way of my relationship. I know yeah. how I'm going to, I, I'm using what I'm best at, which is mock trial. And I'm going to try to, sorry, I have dogs. I'm going to try to <laughs> as best as I can. And I think that was, you know, for me as a CC, I, I really just wanted her to feel, you know, the embarrassment of, of not being, you know, in charge all the time, which CC has a, has a problem that she always wants to be on top of, like, she always wants to, uh, mm-hmm. she always wants to be in power. And I think that that was a scene that really highlighted her, her thirst for being in a powerful position over Annie, especially. Yeah. It's funny and bring that up, Marlon, of- like the, sorry, Tammy. No, go ahead. Um, what I was going to say was about the Sharpay scene. I didn't forget that. But what I did forget was that Annie had a part in that. So, yeah. you know, this whole time I've been singing Annie's yeah. praises, like she's innocent, but there was this kind of back and forth it's, kind yeah. of, you know, tension between the two of them. Right. So yeah. that's the way that Cece saw it too. It was a lot of like, she, it was like you said, a lot of back and forth. And I think that the the lines blurred in Cece's head, especially that, that mm-hmm. you know, I want her to realize that she's not in control of the situation. She doesn't have Ty, I do. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that she she gets really wrapped up in her own insecurities that way. And I think that, yeah. you know, in certain scenes, like in the Sharpay scene or in the mock trial scene, you see that Cece really is just insecure and she's putting on this strong front that, you know, I tend to do all the time. So I didn't have to do much research <laughs> on that. Uh, I don't, we all I, do. I don't <laughs> does but uh I, I definitely can relate to the fact that she feels like she always has to be like I have to be on defense mode I have to be strong because mm-hmm. you know everyone's insecure and that's just her way of doing it which is not healthy but she does it <laughs> yeah <laughs> well I see that as a through line with almost all of the women and maybe Karen you can speak to this it's like I obviously being a woman and have gone through certain things I'm seeing it I was able to relate to Dana Sue when she's like, okay, well, when I was heartbroken, I just work. And Maddie, you see her snap out in things. You see Cece snap out in certain, like everybody has these moments, but it's definitely a through line where we're seeing women's insecurities and unhealed wounds and the missed opportunity to look in the mirror and kind of move differently on blast here. So I don't know, Karen, is that something you guys kind of had in the writer's room too, where you really wanted to highlight women and our issues? And people, uh, but women, because. Yeah, I mean, and we're all writing from our own experiences and we just have such a dynamic. um, I mean, even the male in our room has amazing stories as well. And he, I think he writes women amazingly. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that we all bring a certain, you know, who has a kid, who got divorced, who had a childhood trauma, who you know, all of that thing. And it's, that's the most beautiful thing, I think, about being able to just meet such a great room of writers where you feel like you can be vulnerable enough to just say whatever you want to say about yourself. And it's just this trusted space. Um, So there's a lot of good conversation that comes out. And the fact that it is mostly a female writing staff, you know, and we have three female leads. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I just think it comes from everybody's exper- different experiences and sharing those experiences mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, and learning how to build off of them for one another, you know, just bringing each other up. Yeah, it's absolutely. 
yeah, go ahead, Kelsey. I was going to say it just translates so well. And I mean, in every character, as much as sometimes I want to be like, Cece, come on, like, why are you a butthead? I mean, I'm looking back at my notes right now. I'm like, oh my gosh, how cute of me. I wrote, Cece won best defense attorney and dad cheers. That's my girl. I'm like, oh, it's like, like, I was happy for her. So it's like, you know, I think we all, and we've said this time and time again, we all see ourselves like whether it's a lot or a little bit in all of these different characters and we can relate to all of them. So I think you guys did that so beautifully and it just, yeah, I mean, your real experiences we can all touch on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I definitely. Oh yeah, no, please. I just had a quick question for Harlan. You know, I don't know if you even remember this because it was so far back. But during the mock trial, um, you and I don't know if this was written or if this was a Harlan choice. But you look up and you um, and CC sees her father. And the minute you saw him, you adjusted your jacket. And then you turned to go in to decimate Annie. But it was, it was that moment, seeing your father, adjusting your jacket, and then turning, I thought was so profound. Because it was just that beautiful moment of Cece come, beginning to come into her own mm-hmm. power. And you spoke to, you know, the finding power and Cece's power. Was that a conscious choice that, you, that Harlan made as an actress or... You know, I, I think that, well, obviously in the, in the scene, we see that her dad is, is there. And I think that, you know, it's, it's hard to say it. It was a long time ago, but I'm pretty sure that might have been a decision I made. I don't, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, I think that <laughs> I, as Cece, you know, I think it was so important to uh, really highlight the fact that she does feel that she's missing something from her father. And when she sees that he's there to support her, I think that not only is she, you know, she, she has the whole Annie thing going on. I think she realizes, you know what? I am strong. People support me. And I have somebody that I've been really, really craving for their support for so long. And I have him here. And I think that was just Cece realizing, all right, you got this. You're a lot stronger than people think you are. And it wasn't just show your dad. It was more show the whole community and and I think that again it didn't I think that you know in in the showing everyone mentality that she had it came off as it it, what didn't came off it was very mean and it was out of mean spirit but I think that she really just wanted to prove that she isn't just another mean girl she's someone that is strong and and she has she has a voice I think that Mm -hmm. seeing her father really made her realize that made her realize that yeah that's very that's very powerful and very true again something so reflective in the reality of all of us now we we speak about people being strong and using their voice uh someone else had a lot to say in this episode that was pretty explosive and it's the first time we've ever seen kyle go off he was like uh dad mm-hmm. you suck <laughs> I, was like, I was like kyle was you like... went in <laughs> I totally appreciated that. But Brian, what did you think about that scene? I mean, we're watching Bill try and we're giving him grace because we just clearly see he doesn't know better. He tries to give Kyle a ride to school and show up and then this happened. What what was your take on that? (laughs) It's so funny. I didn't even think about it until Tammy mentioned it, but 
I also was kind of in that same vein of waiting for him to mess up because I was like, okay, mm -hmm. he's here, he's looking around. When is he gonna say something stupid? And then lo and behold, he's <laughs> like, so how was it with Noreen? And then he was like, really? This is what you want from me? I was just yeah, like, thanks, I just Dad. was trying to get your attention and <laughs> yeah. and see how much you care. But all you want from me is to find out about your ex girlfriend, you know? So that was so powerful for him to acknowledge that his dad was basically kind of using him in that sense. So mm. I love that so much. I loved how Kyle spoke up and it was just like, you know what, screw you, I'm gonna walk. I'll, I'll walk two miles, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I love too that he was like, you don't see me, you don't see Noreen. I'm not giving you any of my insight because we connected and you didn't even try with either of us. So yeah, I'm gonna walk. Freaking Bill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so let's let's talk about this writer's room. Was it again the intention to kind of really what were you hoping that we as an audience got from that? That was exactly it. It's just, you okay. know, Bill, we wanted to redeem him to a degree, but he's still Bill. And mm -hmm. he's still all about Bill. And he knows that he took information that Maddie gave him. Mm -hmm. and you know or she got the information that he wasn't at the play and I think that that kind of struck something in him or called Noreen because they're friends and knowing Noreen was at the play he just couldn't help himself because he wants to know what's going on mm -hmm. um you know so I I like a lot of the characters in this uh episode I feel like he wasn't necessarily being malicious he just mm -hmm. can't get out of his own way with mm -hmm. fun. Oh, and he's just can't get out of his own narcissism. It's just, mm -hmm. it's all about him and he needed something mm -hmm. and he thought Kyle could give it to him. And he just didn't even think about how it would make Kyle feel and mm -hmm. didn't, doesn't have the foresight to know what Kyle went through because he wasn't, mm -hmm. at the point. she didn't hear all that. So yeah. Yeah. God, he's just like, he has zero empathy. I'm like, oh, <laughs> come on. And it's so interesting because it really is a real, you know, I've done some interviews with a bunch of men just because I like to understand, you know, the way that they think. Because <laughs> we think differently sometimes. And it's so amazing that you brought that up because a couple of the gentlemen in sharing their issues say that is the main thing. They can't get over themselves. They cannot get out of their own way until mm. something super detrimental and painful happens then they're like, oh, okay, uh, my heart hurts now. So what did I do wrong? And I mean, you're getting pieces of that when you look at Bill, but it's just kind of astounding that all of this stuff is going on around him. And um, yeah, he's kind of small-minded and narrow, just like still thinking about himself in a situation. So we have another episode left and I'm really anxious to see what we get from him and his character to just you know, kind of help us out here a little bit because we had, we spoke with Chris Klein and he was like, as much fun as I had with this, this was hard. It got hard for him to even show up as this guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's dad himself. And I'm sure he is a much better dad than Phil. So I mean, yeah. it's gotta be really difficult. I mean, we've spoken about his children and um, his, I mean, he's, it sounds like an amazing father. And I just, I can't imagine putting myself in that position where you've got people looking at you being such a jerk and mm -hmm. you're not in real life. So mm -hmm. that's why I would, I would never be able to be an actor. Right? <laughs> well, and Bill's so hard too, because I, I think I said this to Chris, it's like a roller coaster with him. There's times where I feel badly for him and I hate myself for feeling badly for him. Cause I'm like, I don't 
need to be feeling badly for Bill. And then there's times that you're just pissed at him. So it's it's a wild roller coaster with him. And yeah, I mean, Jamie, you said it. I'm ready to watch the last episode. Mm-hmm. What we get from him. Karen, Absolutely. I had, a, I had a question really quick. Um, Kyle's missing. Nobody knows where he is. And he's at church. That surprised me. Fix it, Jesus. Yeah, I I guess it shouldn't surprise me because Kyle has that kind of spirit about him. Mm -hmm. But was that a choice that was made in the writers group or? Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, it was so long ago. I don't remember if it was a group effort or if it was something that, I mean, I, I grew up in church. I don't go all that often anymore. Um, but it was always my safe place. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, through anything that I was doing, I knew that I could, and it wasn't so much the religion, it was mostly my pastor growing up, where mm. you would hear a sermon, it would just, it no matter what you were going through, whatever he was talking about, it, it would hit you. So being as we have this beautiful church, um, I just think the importance of, of placing him there as the one place that he knew would be quiet allow him to think, um, allow him to meditate on whatever was going on and maybe ask for the answer. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't doubt that he was sitting there praying, but again, you know, that's just me bringing my own 14 year old self into it. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that it was surprising. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I, it, I didn't know where he was until I saw the church. Then I'm like, of course, that's where you go when you can't figure it out, when the world is too noisy, when there's so much going on. Like, where else was he going to go? Like, Maddie's sweet, but he's like in the bed. You got Ty in the room. You got Maddie in the room. You got going to school. Mm-hmm. Annie's right there. Like, where do you go to just get a second? And so, yeah, church. I grew up in the church, too. And that's the first go to God, meditate, nature, something quiet and alone that, um, completely speaks to your spirit and stillness. You know, I think that's what the pastor talked about in there is like the stillness. And, and also, you know, if, if he did go to a human being to start, clearly he can't go to anybody to ask for help who might actually talk back. So mm, I right, think that there right. is also something to be able to go and just lay down the burden and know that there won't be, not that, you know, I mean, you can say, you know, I'm not going to get all religious here. But, you know, somebody who's not physically talking back to you, right? Um, who could say the wrong thing like Bill or might not be as empathetic. You know, Ty was angry at him. Um, he thinks Maddie hates him. So I think that um, just placing him in a place where he could lay it down and not get that feedback immediately. Mm hmm. That's so funny. I totally yeah. forgot about the sorry. I totally forgot about yeah. the moment with with Maddie, like you mentioned about Noreen, because she acknowledges the relationship that they had, and mm-hmm. it was so powerful. I think I brought this up before, just about the different relationships that the the children have with the stepmother, um, yeah. because like everyone chooses a different thing. And, you know, for myself personally, when my parents went through that, I chose like Ty, like to stand with my mother and like, I'm not going to talk to her. She ruined everything with our family, all this kind of stuff. But there's also people who, you know, she's, she's redeeming, redeeming herself and there's good in her too. So the fact that Maddie, like, you don't have to protect me or you don't have to do these things for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she spoke so much to him because she realized that's also what he was struggling with. Like all that drama plus that she's like, yeah. let me take this one thing off your shoulders. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was really beautiful. And that's such a good point, Bryant. And it is one of those life lessons, you know, can we make space for people without interjecting with our opinion, without, like you said, Karen, having that uh, quick response. And, you know, what I love about the stillness and going to God is that, yeah, like you said, it's not a person talking back and it's not anything flawed, so to speak, because you can see with everybody in serenity, everybody has their sharp perspective, but they have it for a reason. It's based off of their life experiences. So it is really hard. You're getting muddled advice at that point. So I just love that you guys, that's, you guys have made such great points. Um, so I, I find myself asking, you know, the actors in here, because this is so much about life lessons, you know, Harlan, was there anything that you learned from set? the stories, the other characters, the actresses on site, anything that helped you kind of change and grow in your own personal life? I, I think that every character, I, like I said, I think that everyone, the more I watched the show and the more, you know, I did certain scenes, I, I started to like the characters more because I got to know them more. And I think that it's so important to, to know the story and to know the people. And I think that, you know, everybody in the show has their own little backstory. And what it taught me was that you really just don't know people until you really keep digging. And I think that Helen um, mentioned something to Annie after the court scene. And she was like, you just got to keep digging. You got to When there's people, you got to keep finding the good in people and you will, I mean, it, with, with everybody, I think there's some good in anyone. And I think that in particular, playing this character made me realize that more and more that, you know, it's not just the surface level. It, you have to go deeper. And that, that's as an, as an actor, too. Like, it's so important for me to understand the characters I play, because if I don't understand them, then nobody is going to understand them. So, you know, I think that that's definitely a lesson that I learned was and even with the other characters, everyone has something that they're going through and, and to, 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 to really just pay attention to that. Mm -hmm. And the value of friendship too. I, that was a, that was a big thing for me in this mm -hmm. yeah, show. Yes, absolutely. And in these times, the value of friendship is right. low key everything because it's mm -hmm. like, we're not, mm -hmm. yeah, we're not touching our friends. We're not hanging out with our friends. So it's still important to know that they're there and that yeah. they love us and still find ways to connect like this. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, you guys, this has really been an amazing conversation. I know everyone watching at home, you're really excited to hear from, you know, just insight that helps you round out the characters in the show a little bit more. So before we kind of head out of here, I want to go to my panel. Did you guys have any questions for Karen or Harlan that we missed or want to uh, kick it? I just have to throw out okay, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, Ryan. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Please yes. bring that up. <laughs> I've been Team Ryan since episode four. Since <sighs> dropped in here. I think I'm the only one on earth who's Team Ryan. Until yeah, <laughs> this last <laughs> moment when he was like, uh -uh, I don't want kids. I was like, oh, hell no. Like, listen, I was so over him in that moment because oh I God. just saw how heartbreaking it was for Helen. Like, I what I want, what I love so much about this relationship, that's why I was so team Ryan was because I thought that he brought so much like light and so much out of her that she already had, like she already showed all of that, but he just multiplied it. And right when he said that her light was just like burnt out, <sighs> like he just completely turned her off with that. And I was like, no, not Helen. She's not the one. So it was so <laughs> hard for me to watch that. And I can't wait to see episode 10 to see if I officially turn all the way to Team Eric, but I'm just like holding out for a little bit of hope for Ryan. <laughs> and he was so cold with it, you know? It was like, yeah. that's what I'm like with that. Well, uh, 
I mean, in defense of Ryan, they have been having (laughs) for 15 years now. Mm -hmm. Ryan has never wanted children. He has made that explicitly clear. Helen, it could be argued, has just assumed that things have changed without having the conversation. Correct. Mm -hmm. Um, That part. So stay tuned. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I still like Eric. (laughs) It brings up, you know, it brings up another important issue. We do that as women. We get so swept up in the romance and he's this and he's flying here and he's not boo and he kissed me. It's like, but girl, did you hear what he said? What? He's also you know, been gone for 14 years. What? I mean, and comes but, back. But yeah, you know, you're right, Karen, to make the assumption that even when she said that, I felt some kind of way. She was just like, oh, but that was so long ago, blah, blah, blah. And it's just made, reminded me like yeah. women, when we're dating, we have to listen to these men. Sometimes we get in our head and want to paint a picture and believe something about somebody. And if it ain't it, it ain't it. And we, we can't change these people. Time doesn't change. Like it's the conversation needs to be had. I just hate it so deep into seeing them so booed up and her missing him again. And gosh, ladies, we got to stop doing that. (laughs) I know. I I had a, I had a question. The, uh, the pour it out scene with the ladies Mm-hmm. was so good in episode nine when when oh, Maddie yeah. tells them Noreen's left Bill. Those mm-hmm. reactions. The reactions. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Well, the reaction I mean, everything. These three women couldn't beat the whole cast, honestly, but uh, they couldn't be easier to write for. Um, and as the developed, I mean, even Cece, when we first met her, it was four, I think, right? You know, when the when the character isn't quite established, by the time nine came, I'm like, oh, you know, I saw what Harley mm, I did. It. Yeah. And it's just um it, you know, it's just it's just so much easier. Um and just writing to these women is is crazy. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm hoping I... Go ahead, Tammy. No, I was just saying, so am I making it up in my brain? Or is this a writer's intentional moment? Um, the girls know. Uh, Helen says, you know, don't believe Noreen's completely out of the picture. She's having his baby. Oh, like, God. don't believe she's gone forever. And Dana's is like, good riddance. I hope she's gone forever. <laughs> Maddie's just sitting on the couch, mm-hmm. sipping her margarita. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thinking about Bill. Oh. That's what I was trying to <laughs> <laughs> Look. Right? I'm like, uh, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Oh, Girl, what's oh, oh, no. Oh, Karen has locked lips and lifts her heels. Oh, no. Oh, I don't know anything. I don't know one thing, but I, <laughs> I was watching that. I'm like, is what's going on here? Mm-hmm. It, I got definitely. It sounded like she, all of her friends were like, oh, okay, goodbye, whatever. And she was like, oh, well, you just. <sighs> I know. I know. Ah! Oh my gosh, oh, this stresses me out. <laughs> yeah, I know. Harlan, I'm also hoping that we get a little bit of uh, tension between Cece and Ty over prom this next episode. Yeah. I hope oh, that yeah. comes up again. Wait mm-hmm. for that scene. That's my prediction. Can't it wait. Will. And she's not going to be happy. <laughs> I love it. Wait, say that again? I think you guys are going to like episode 10 a lot. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Gosh, we are definitely going to have to dive in. This was seriously so much fun. You ladies are amazing. And I just applaud you for 
walking in your purpose and sharing your gifts and whether you feel insecure sometimes about your writing or unsure of your acting choices, you still brought it. We enjoyed it. Mission accomplished. Like we love you guys for it. Like beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. And thank you guys at home for watching. I hope you enjoyed this after show. Please um, comment. Let us know what you think. Let's have conversations about what you pulled from, you know, from these episodes and maybe even learned. Um, And then before we get out of here, Harlan, where can we find you on social media so we can support you and follow? It's Harlan Drum. I think it's like when it, when you search it, it'll come up. I don't, I think it's Harlan.drum or Harlan underscore. Drum. I'm not sure, but you'll okay. find it. You'll find it. All right. We will find you. And how about you, Karen? Can we um, bother you on social media as well? Yeah, I'll have to spell it. <laughs> yes, a, please. It's Mick Champion, T-S-C-H-A-M-P-I-O-N. Perfect. Perfect. So, so M-C, we will- not M-A-C, M-C-T-S-C-H. All right. (laughs) We will do that. And um, I'm your host, Jamie Alexander. You can find me on Instagram at Jamie Alexander. And that's J-A-I-M-I. And then, of course, the incredible panel. Thank you guys so much. So on Twitter, hit up Tammy, T-A-M-I-G-O-V-E-I-A. On Instagram and Twitter, you can holler at Kelsey at Kels Meyer, the number two. And that's K-E-L-S. And then, of course, last but not least, the Bryant Santos on all the things. <laughs> and that's the Bryant with a T, Santos. And um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And we will see you on the next After Show. Our Bye. founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to After Buzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. (laughs) The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.